Welcome to the Weight Solutions for Physicians podcast, the podcast that will help you find solutions for your weight concerns that will last a lifetime. Together, for you. Welcome to episode 14 of Weight Solutions for Physicians podcast. I'm your host, Siobhan Key. If you're just joining me, I wanted to introduce myself. I'm a family physician that currently works in British Columbia, Canada. Uh, I also do obesity medicine and run a weight management program. And I am a weight loss coach for physicians. If you struggle with your weight or feel it, you can't figure out how to lose weight or keep it off, I can be the support to help you figure that out. I've learned tools that we did not get taught in medical school that help make the weight loss process easier and make it easy to maintain a weight loss. If you're interested in this, go over to my website at weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca forward slash work with me and book your free introductory session. The free session gives us a chance to get on the line together and start to work on some solutions for the things you're struggling with and see in what other ways I can help you. My availability is limited, and so I encourage you to take the plunge and just go book your introductory session as they do get booked up fairly quickly. All right, today's episode is a special one I'm excited about. Uh, It's an interview with Judith Gatton of the New Glam Gal podcast. Judith is a coach for women after weight loss and a stylist, and she teaches women to love the body they're in and dress it in a way that they love it. And I think she has some fantastic tips in this interview about how you can do the same, whether you still are working on weight loss, or you've already lost weight. You can find Judith at her website, Judith Gatton, J-U-D-I-T-H-G-A-T-O-N.com, or on her podcast, New Glam Gal. Let's get to the interview. So welcome to the show, Judith. Thanks a lot for coming on to uh, give us some stylist tips. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Excellent. So what I was thinking uh, we could start with is just starting to talk about um, for people who haven't lost weight yet. So people who feel like they need to lose weight or maybe they're in process of losing weight. uh, What sort of tips and what guidelines would you give them on um, dressing so that they feel good while they still feel like they still have some weight to lose? It's so important to learn to dress your body along the whole process. Mm-hmm. So I think what a lot of ladies do is they hold their bodies hostage. I'm not going to lose weight, therefore I'm not going to buy new clothes or I'm not going to buy new clothes until I've lost all my weight. So Mm -hmm. they pick a goal outfit because that's what Pinterest says you should do. And then they torture themselves with this outfit that's too small for them. And then they feel like crap and then they're less likely to eat on protocol or their diet plan. And then they start the cycle all over again. So what I really encourage women to do is that before you start losing the weight or at the very beginning of your journey, you buy at least very basic things that fit you well. So Mm -hmm. for a lot of ladies, they have big booties, they have bellies. So even just starting with underwear that fit could be monumental Mm -hmm. to your motivation. So um, I always encourage my gals to clean out their undie drawer and to clean out their undies drawer along the way. And it's like a teeny tiny little micro win 
that can add up over time. So if you buy undies that fit you, ones that go over your belly, that fully cover your booty, no wedgies, no butt munchers, if yeah. you can at least wrap your brain around that concept, then you're more likely to buy a pair of jeans that fit you, a nice top that fits you. Um, if you have to do business casual, even just a pair of pants and a nice blouse, just one outfit in your wardrobe that fits you well, that you can integrate with all the other stuff, as you start to lose weight, then you can put in new items, take out old ones, but each time you have at least one go-to outfit and a pair of underwear that actually serve you along the way, your motivation stays higher and then you're more likely to stay on the food protocol, the diet plan, and then keep moving along as you go along the process. Mm -hmm. And so how do you um, encourage how do you get over the body image barriers to actually start doing that? Well, I think it's important to recognize your body today, every single day. So whether you've got a hundred pounds to lose, 50 pounds to lose, it's so important to start getting your brain used to seeing your body in the mirror as it is. Because mm -hmm. a lot of ladies will come to the end of their journey and they haven't done any of the mindset work. They've been hyper-concentrated on getting the weight off, and then they don't recognize their body in the mirror, and they come to the conclusion that, well, weight loss didn't work. I still feel like crap. But really, it's thoughts that are causing them to feel that way about themselves. So we have to practice thoughts on purpose with regard to our body every day. So I always start people with a very basic, very neutral thought that has like no real power behind it. It's just acknowledging. So you stand in front of the mirror on purpose, because <laughs> I know a lot of people avoid the mirror before, in the before process, but it's really important to engage with the mirror and do it on purpose every day, stand in front of the mirror and just look at your body and say to yourself, this is my body today. And I know that sounds like, oh, that's so trite, but it's super powerful if practiced over time, especially as your body changes. And for most women, their body's changing to some degree every day or during their monthly cycle. So if we could just get used to the idea of this is my body today, that can carry us much farther forward than standing in front of the mirror, pinching our fat, jiggling our arms squishing our faces and being really horrible to ourselves. For a lot of us, we like try to hate ourselves thin and mm -hmm. it's important to stop that process right in its tracks very early on. This is my body today. And then practice that, practice that, practice that. And so for the people that do that, so they stand in front of the mirror, they say, this is my body today. And then negative thought after negative thought after negative thought keeps coming up do you suggest they just keep like each time a negative thought comes up, say, this is my body today and just keep repeating it? Well, and I think it's important to do two things. Yes. Mm -hmm. Like keep repeating it, keep trucking, but also write that ish down. A lot of times we're reluctant to actually face what negative thoughts we're having. So we don't do the journaling. We don't do a thought download. We don't even want to see those thoughts. We're not mm -hmm. even willing to acknowledge them to ourselves. So the practice of standing in front of the mirror saying, this is my body today is twofold. One is to start getting your brain to be a little more neutral with regard to your body. And second, to bring up those thoughts on purpose. We want to bring up those negative thoughts. So we know what you're actually thinking. So we can start to address them. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, this is a fat belly. I have such a fat stomach, right? Women say a lot of stuff about their stomachs and their bellies. Like, oh, I have stretch marks. 
And then to kind of combat that, like, well, there's other women in the world that have stretch marks. There's other women that have big bellies. Like, this is what a normal human body looks like. This is what human bodies look like. And really the second step that I walk my people through is not just practicing the neutral thought, but really normalizing normal bodies for them. Like making them go on the internet and Google search postpartum bodies, um, after weight loss surgery bodies, so that they can see what actual human bodies look like when they're not airbrushed or filtered on Instagram. And if you can normalize what actual bodies look like, it's a lot easier heart. Like it's an easier sell to your own brain when you stand in front of the mirror to be like, this is my body. This is a normal human body. When they've seen other normal human bodies, they're more likely to be accepting of their own. That's a really good point. Because I think, you know, like society and media and stuff tells us a very skewed view of what normal bodies, even thin bodies, right? Like people who haven't had weight issues, don't look the way media tells us that they do when when they're not dressed like um and i think that's really important to start to learn what's actually normal so that you can normalize your own body i think that's a great tip yeah i think and there's a really funny instagram hashtag that i encourage my gals to look at it's um instagram versus real life um and it's hilarious because you have these people who are like in the fitspo realm or, you know, they're models or bikini models. So they'll show themselves in a bikini model pose, like angled with the right light and then filtered. And then they'll do a picture next to it where they're like chubs out, they have rolls, they have stretch marks, they have dimples in their booty. And you can see like, literally they're standing a very particular way to get a very smooth look. And then what real life looks like when they're sitting down and eating or the jiggles on their face too. Um, and I just encourage everyone to go look at those hashtags so you can see even the models have their own body issues and they don't look perfect. It's just like the way they're standing on that particular occasion that's causing them to look that way. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a good one. Do you have any specific tips for how to dress? So if say it's your stomach that you're, everybody has their most sensitive spot, right? So say it's your stomach that you're most sensitive about, or say it's your bum that you're most sensitive about, what would be your tips for trying to dress so that you feel better about those areas? Well, Um, there's a few things about bellies that I think not everyone talks about when they talk about dressing for a belly, if you don't like your belly. Mm -hmm. So everyone is really trying to avoid what we call VBO, which is like visible belly outline. There's an actual term for that. So, (laughs) so many women are trying to avoid that, um, probably because they think there's something wrong with it. So obviously we do mindset work first, but in terms of practical tips, Um, A lot of ladies don't realize that they can buy higher-rised underwear, which will Mm -hmm. actually help contain their belly a little bit and smooth out that front line. So it always starts with undies. Like foundation is everything. So if your undies have a line that's sort of cutting into your belly, they're probably too big for you. If your undies are causing your belly to kind of roll over them, maybe you don't have a thick enough elastic band or the belly is not um, contained in your underwear, which means you need a higher rise in your undies itself. Um, Another thing that's important in terms of bellies is I'm not a big fan of like, sticking yourself in spanks 
unless mm -hmm. you like your reasons for doing so. So you can wear Spanx, um, but I just think it's kind of like sticking yourself in a sausage casing on purpose. And um, if you're doing it out of self-loathing or self-hatred, um, I really don't like that as a reason. Now, if you really just want a smooth line, um, I totally get that. So just kind of check in with your brain if you decide to wear Spanx. Um, and then I always recommend to my ladies, if they're wearing Spanx because let's say they have a significant amount of like belly skin and not necessarily just fat in their stomachs mm -hmm. and they're trying to lift that up, then I would size your Spanx higher because the goal is not to contain, it's just to prevent friction. So you're not having any chafing along your belly line. Right. So in just terms of foundation, that's the first key. Now let's talk about jeans because I think jeans are pretty universal wear for most gals. So um, when you buy your jeans, again, higher rise, so it goes over your belly. And you're going to feel kind of funny, like, oh my God, my jeans are pulled up under my breasts. Like I feel like an old granny lady. You may feel that way and it takes a little getting used to if you have a belly. But if you have your pants go actually over your belly, when you wear a shirt over, it'll be a lot smoother line and that VBO, which you're trying to avoid, kind of disappears and you don't have a muffin top effect. So mm -hmm. look for a higher rise, which means when you lay your jeans down, you're going to look at the crotch. If the crotch does not meet the back of the pants, likely the front part is not going to go over your belly. So you don't even have to like go into the horrible dressing room. You can actually lay the jeans down and look at the crotch rise. If it's hanging a lot lower than the back and you can see the whole tag in the back of your jeans, okay. likely it's not going to rise over your belly and those jeans are not for you. So now, you, want the ones, you don't want the ones that kind of cut lower on the front. You want them to match the back. Okay. Get it. You want them to match the back. That's like an easy visual cue. Um, mm -hmm. because if it's too low, you're going to end up feeling like you're in your teenager's jeans and they're just going to feel awful and it's going to create an awful experience. And then you're not going to want to try anything else on. Mm -hmm. So just, that's a quick visual cue. And then in terms of my ladies with the booties, it's mm -hmm. so important when you buy jeans to look at two things, whiskering on jeans. If you have wider hips and a wider booty is not your friend. Because where there's a lighter part of the gene, it's going to attract light, which means it's going to appear wider than it is. So and whiskering is the purposeful fading around the kind of uh, groin crease, basically, right? Yes, exactly. So that weird whiskering right around your groin or right under the butt pockets, you mm -hmm. kind of want to avoid that because where there's light, the eye is going to be attracted and it'll appear bigger. Okay. Okay. And then the other thing is pocket placement. Mm -hmm. So if you have a wider booty, you don't want your pockets placed far apart from each other. You want them a little bit closer to that back seam line and a little bit higher up. And okay. it's going to make the butt, like it's a sort of an optical illusion. Like if they're going to appear closer together, it'll appear a little tighter. If you have a flat butt, the opposite is true. You're going to look for pockets that are a little bit you know, wider placed and maybe lower. So you have a, an illusion of roundness where there may not be it. And human bodies are funny. So just play with this. Look at your booty in the mirror, but not from a self-loathing standpoint. Mm -hmm. We're just taking the information so that we can buy the right things for you. And really along that line, like when you're in a dressing room trying on different jeans, really working on the thought work like you know that if a first pair doesn't fit or doesn't work it doesn't mean there's something wrong with you 
It just means those genes aren't your genes. Exactly. I am something I always tell my ladies because I always talk about like a Chanel jacket. So they're like, oh, that's a height of like design perfection. But if you actually get one tailor made, it takes 70 hours minimum to make it. Mm-hmm. And you'll like when they tailor you and they actually do your measurements, like bodies are funny. Like one arm's actually going to be longer than the other. Your shoulders will slope differently. Your back's going to be a little different. You'll have a little chub here and a little not chub there. So even tailors, when they tailor for these like very couture high end pieces, like they don't go in thinking like, Oh, I have to have a perfect body to start with. No, they take the body as they find it. And Mm -hmm. then they make the clothes to fit the body because that's how it was meant to be. It's not that something's wrong with us. So therefore we have to change to fit into the clothing. The clothing always should conform to the body. It's there to serve us. It has no power other than being on a body. And we have to kind of remember that sometimes, especially when we walk into a dressing room, which can be daunting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Um. Any other tips that you have for before weight loss? What about bras? Okay, so this is one of my favorite things to talk about because um, I actually have a checkpoint list that I give to my ladies in the first week of working together to do a bra test because I think ladies start out with the wrong bra, then they don't change their bra, and then Mm -hmm. at the end of their journey, they have no idea what is happening with the bra situation. (laughs) Um, I had one gal who... Um, oh, I love her. I'll call her Miss C. Um, and she <laughs> did not change her bra throughout her journey. And literally her bra in a meeting fell off of her and was around her waist <laughs> because she just, I don't, she was very committed to this bra. I'm not sure what was going on there, but she really had a, trouble seeing herself as like a hundred pounds lighter. Yeah. So she really didn't buy any new undies until the dang thing literally fell off of her. So... I don't want that to happen to any of your ladies. So here's a few things to look for along the way. If your breasts are falling out of the cups, meaning you have a bubble, that Mm -hmm. means the cup's too small for you. If your breast is falling out underneath the bottom of the cup, that means the bra is too big for you. Literally, the band is way too big for you anymore. So look for that as a warning sign that it's time to change your bra. Okay. The other thing is we don't realize elastic has a shelf life. So if you've ever played with a ball of rubber bands and it's really old and kind of gross and it gets that like weird yellowy quality and they like snap and become brittle, mm-hmm. well, the same thing happens to the elastic in your undergarments with enough wear and tear it has a shelf life. So even though maybe let's say at the beginning of your journey, you were having booby bubble and let's say three months into your weight loss journey, the booby bubble's gone, but you're putting it on the very, very last hook. You're having to string everything up to make it look like it's a normal bra. That bra no longer serves you. The elastic's probably shot and it's probably too big for you. Mm -hmm. The other thing that I always tell my gals is your breasts should sit sort of halfway between your arm. So where your shoulder is and your elbow is, that's where your breast should be sitting. So if your breasts are sitting around your elbow, you need to adjust the straps. And if you've adjusted the straps as far as they can go, that bra no longer serves you. <laughs> um, if you find yourself where your breasts are probably sitting up a little too high and then your back of your bra keeps creeping up, that bra mm-hmm. might be too small for you. 
So mm. there's like some things to just kind of look out for along the way, but literally the cups will tell you a lot. So if your boobs are sticking out of the cups, probably too small. If they're falling out below the cups, that's probably too big a bra for you now. And then just check where your, your breasts are actually sitting by doing the arm test. And that'll give you a lot of information. Any tips for like women who have very large breasts, so harder to find sizes on where to go to get a good fit? Oh, yes. Okay. So mm -hmm. I actually have a weird, uh, I'm not weird, but it's for an American size, it's an abnormal size. So I'm a 38 J sometimes mm -hmm. an I, um, and American stores typically do not carry my band size coupled with my cup size. So I send all my ladies with that kind of large cup to herroom.com. Mm. It's literally her, H-E-R, room, R-O-O-M.com. They carry small band sizes and large cups. Um, mm. They also carry large band sizes and large cups. They have such an amazing variety. They usually have sales going on. They have a whole bra fitting guide so that um, you can create what they call like an international bra size in their system and then mm. look at all the different options based upon the bra size in there. They have a bra fitting guide. They're a fabulous website. So I send all my ladies there because at the beginning of your journey, your cup size may be a lot larger um, than what's in your stores, but don't get discouraged by that. They also have sports bras and they also carry mm -hmm. swimsuits, which are hard to find if you have a larger cup. So it's a yeah. fabulous resource. Well, that's a good one. Yeah. Cause I too, you know, when you're working on losing weight and you're trying to become more active and you've got big breasts, a really good sports bra is an absolute must like for comfort, right? The discomfort of having breasts jiggle when you're trying to be active is, can be a huge deterrent to actually become active. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I know that all of us don't necessarily have the budget to buy a new sports bra right away. Mm -hmm. So you have to protect that breast tissue. So even for my larger cupped gals who don't necessarily have money to go buy like a hundred dollars sports bra, wait for a sale, number one. But number two, in the meantime, double up on your bras just to create some protection for your breast tissue in the meantime. And then look for a sale when it comes up, buy a quality sports bra for sure. Excellent. All right. So shall we move on to how do you dress once you've lost the weight? So how the biggest thing that I come across with people I work with is that whole um, accepting your new body image. So letting go of your previous image of somebody who's overweight and has a lot of weight to lose and accepting one of being where you want to be and then learning, like, what do you do with that new body if maybe its shape is different than what the, your old one was? Yeah, this is, I come across this, <laughs> this is my jam. This is what yeah. I come across a lot. Um, so one thing we always go back to, and I, I know you're the kind of coach who does mindset throughout, but I come across a lot of gals who've gone through fitness coaching or nutrition coaching, and there was no mindset work. So they're just very frustrated and discouraged. So the first place to always start is you have to remember your brain and your body have to catch up with each other. Mm -hmm. So your brain literally remembers your old body, what it felt like. That's what it remembers. And those pathways in your brain are so well-worn that it almost really thinks you're still there. And then your body looks totally different. 
So literally you're going to have to do a lot of mindset work to make mm-hmm. sure your brain and body are on the same page. And sometimes it just starts with as gentle as like, you're not crazy. You're not alone. Being thinner is not some magical like antidote to unhappiness. You're in the same boat with a lot of ladies. And our goal now is to just catch your brain and your body up with each other so they're on the same page. And I find like telling people that takes a lot of the drama away. They're like, oh crap, why do I still feel like, why do I feel, why do I still feel fat really is Mm -hmm. what it comes up to. And just saying, well, yeah, of course you do, because that's all your brain remembered for X number of years. It remembers your self-loathing, your negative comments, like that's what's in your brain. So to kind of take those neural pathways away, it's going to take work just like it took work to lose the weight to get your brain and your body to catch up. And I find that takes a lot of the drama and then we can get to work. And -hmm. it's really the same work over and over again. This is my body today. This is a human body. And when my gals are ready, I'll give them loftier thoughts. Like, it's possible to like my body. I Mm -hmm. will like my body. I like my body. It's possible to love my body. I will love my body. And moving them, you know, ladder to, you know, the top is to get to self-love. Absolutely. But that's a hard sell if you've sort of hated yourself throughout the process. So we start always with, this is my body today. And when you were ready, and you can tell when you're ready because you can sense it and talking to your client and as you work with them, when they're ready, you can give them the next ladder on the rung, next rung on the ladder, and then the next rung on the ladder. Mm -hmm. But it's mindset work every single day and writing down the negative thoughts that come up and then challenging those thoughts and writing the opposite of those thoughts and looking at them and deciding what you want to keep and what you don't want to keep. So that's mindset work. Now, in terms of style, from a style perspective, it's so important to, again, not hold your body hostage. So you don't have to wait until you reach some weird ideal level of physique that you saw on Instagram. Mm-hmm. You're worth buying new undies for right now. You're worth buying new bras for right now. And it's important to start with just an outfit. We don't have to go buy a whole new wardrobe or do anything crazy because like you said, your body may not be what you remember it being when you were in high school. Um, It may not look like you expected it to look, but if we can start with one outfit and creating one outfit that fits, then we can start to slowly integrate that into an existing wardrobe as we slowly take out the things that no longer serve you. So um, it's not a long process, but I think it's important to not try and go out and buy a whole new wardrobe, which can be very discouraging. We're just mm-hmm. going to start with some undies, a good bra, and an outfit. And mm-hmm. if we can start there, then we can build upon that over time. And I think that's the most important thing in terms of style after weight loss, like wrapping your brain around the fact that your body and your brain haven't caught up with each other, undies, bra, mm-hmm. and an outfit. And then we move from there. Um, and how do you recommend people go about going to get the new outfit? Like, should they take somebody with them um, to actually have an objective mind on what, what's truly fitting? Um, yeah. So this is the fun part. Um, I always recommend you bring a buddy for moral support. They bring snacks, they bring water. Um, <laughs> when I go shopping with my gals, like you want somebody who's prepared to sit there for the long haul without judgment. Um, and I think this is the most important thing. If you do nothing else, next time you step into a dressing room, take three sizes with you 
because you're going to have a preconceived notion about what size you are. And for a lot of gals, they're committed to, I'm an extra large, I'm a double XL, I'm a three XL because their body will remember their old weight. So mm-hmm. I always tell them, bring the size you think you are, bring one above it and bring one below it. So mm-hmm. there's no drama around the tag size in the dressing room. And we're here just to be curious about what fits today. And again, that takes a lot of drama out. And they usually find that their size smaller than they thought when they walk in. Mm-hmm. And then they have to kind of get used to the idea that like, oh, this is my new size. And f- for a long time, for several months, I always tell them, bring the three in. Don't go to one size, bring all three in because we're here to just play. We're just here to be curious. There's no pressure today. We could walk away with nothing and the exercise will not have been wasted. And mm-hmm. that helps a lot. And the same for your tops or your bottoms or dresses, three sizes and play. You're just there to play. Mm-hmm. What, um, what about when you're like right at that threshold between plus size stores and kind of, you know, quote unquote, regular size stores, do you recommend they just kind of try stuff in the one, try stuff in the other? Cause there's not always direct overlap, right? Right. There's not always direct overlap. So, um, I recommend two things. Why are you so committed to going to the plus size store? Because a lot of gals just have like this resistance to going to the quote unquote normal size store. And a lot of it, right? Like they're worried nothing's going to fit. Or they remembered some um, salesperson who was judgmental when they walked in. So they're Mm -hmm. just terrified to even go in the store. So if they're going to the plus size store because they truly are in between sizes, cool. Then the rule of three will apply in that store and the quote unquote regular size store. But Mm -hmm. if their reason is because they're afraid of the regular store, then we work on that a little bit because that stuff kind of lingers. Even after you've lost the weight, you'll still be a little scared or there's some trepidation. So getting over that is a big deal. Um, So again, bring a buddy, bring someone who's going to cheer you on. Um, Find somebody who's willing to Skype with you and walk into the dressing room with you. And the rule of three would apply to that as well. Now, if you truly are in between sizes, we're just playing. So it doesn't matter what size you store you walk into because it's just a store and mm-hmm. they're just clothes. They're literally piles of fabric. Sizing is so arbitrary. We don't let it mean anything about us. We're just gathering information. Mm-hmm. And if we take it like that, then it doesn't matter what kind of store we walk into if we're truly in between sizes. If you're having a little drama about walking into the regular store, then work on those thoughts and then go forth and conquer and find a buddy to go with you. Yeah, that's, a, that's some really good tips because I think that's a big thing, right? Is that if you've spent your life with extra weight and feeling like you don't fit in conventional stores, it can be really threatening to uh, try and go in. Like there's a probably a lot of experiences that you carry with you when you go in that first time. So those are good tips. Yeah. Every lady comes to me with a story about somebody being really mean to them or feeling awful. Um, I think all women share that experience to some degree. Um, even if it's not clothing that they couldn't fit into, it's clothing they couldn't afford. Um, salespeople are not the nicest always. So um Again, you're not alone in that, if that's any consolation to anyone who's struggling with that. You're, you're in a boat with a lot of beautiful women who had <laughs> similar experiences, for sure. Yeah. Uh, what about um, loose skin? So, 
you've lost the weight, but then what not everybody tells you is often there's some skin left over afterwards, especially if it's a large amount that you lost. And so what are ways to dress where it, you feel that you're not as self-conscious about the skin? Well, um, there's, there's so much you can do, but I think we have to talk about one thing that's really important. And again, that no one talks about is chafing. So when you have loose skin, it requires a little bit more care than um, if you didn't have the loose skin. And I think number one is always, always, always to think about chafing. Now, for my gals who've lost over 100 pounds, you're going to have excess skin on your arms. Um, you're going to have some um, excess tissue around your breasts, so it'll wrinkle a little bit um, when you put it in a bra. And you're going to have maybe some belly skin that you didn't anticipate, particularly around your belly button. So it's so important to talk about these things because we have to normalize them. It's completely normal. There's nothing wrong with you. Um, but we have to plan for chafing. So let's talk about the arms. If you have excess skin under your arms, it's very important to keep that area dry. As we know with chafing in general, dryness is key to prevent redness and swelling and welts. So there's literally um, runner's sticks that you can apply to the excess skin under your arms. Body and glass. there's nothing wrong with doing that. Um, if you have lower belly hang from excess skin, again, a little bit of application of that underneath, it's going to help keep you dry. It's going to help keep you more comfortable. And to be stylish, comfort is first, always. Mm -hmm. Because you can't feel stylish when you're tugging at yourself or your thighs are like raw or your underarms are raw. So just start planning for the chafing and acknowledge that that's okay. There's nothing wrong with you. Um, the second thing is creating barriers. So if you have excess uh, skin loose under your arms, then you want to look for tops that are at least three quarter length in sleeve or a full sleeve. And you want it to be a little snugger than you think you should wear because you want to help envelope that excess skin and hold it up and away from your body. I'm not saying tight, but snug. And at first you may not be used to having clothing be snug around your body because you're so used to like trying to hide in bigger clothing, mm -hmm. but this is actually going to help your body keeping it dry and keeping it unchafed. So we're looking for snug and we're looking for things that are going to pick it up and move it away from your body slightly so it's not rubbing against other areas. And the same thing with your thighs and your belly. Um, you want to look for items that, again, fit all the way over your belly and fit neatly up against your crotch so your thighs aren't rubbing against each other. Mm -hmm. And um, for my gals who have this in excess, I really do recommend um, Jockeys sells these very lightweight um, long underwear shorts, but they don't look like you think they do when I describe it that way. They're called skimmies and um, they're super, super thin, lightweight fabric. Um, I, there's other companies that sell something similar, but I do recommend jockeys because they do have some moisture wicking component to them. Mm. And you can flip those on underneath a dress, underneath a skirt. Um, even if you have business casual pants, the crotch doesn't always rise up high to prevent chafing. So just slip those on underneath your business casual wear and you'll find that you're a lot more comfortable along your belly line and along your thighs and you prevent that, um, chafing and that rubbing all day, but you also have some moisture wicking if you do get a little sweaty. So, um, 
there's so many options out there. Just because you have excess skin doesn't mean you can't look stylish. And just because you have excess skin doesn't mean you're alone and that you're a monster or something's wrong with you. She doesn't mm-hmm. body doing what bodies do. And that's totally normal. And you can plan for that. And it, it really is okay. Do you re- recommend doing any like more compression type stuff like Spanx and things to just smooth the line? When there's yeah, I think, sorry, I'm interrupting. Um, yes, there's some value in wearing Spanx, but again, um, I will only recommend that if I know my client's thoughts are kind of cleaned up around their body. Mm-hmm. Um, once your thoughts are cleaned up, then yeah, go for the Spanx. But if you're doing it because you're trying to stuff yourself into a sausage casing because you hate your body and you're trying to morph yourself into something it's not, then I'd say let's work on those thoughts first before mm-hmm. we put you in a pair of Spanx. Um, otherwise, you get too committed to the Spanx and you think the Spanx is doing all of the work as opposed to your thoughts about yourself. So once the thoughts are cleaned up and you're good to go and you're just wearing Spanx because it's more comfortable, then yeah, definitely get some compression wear. Um, for ladies who had weight loss surgery, um, their doctors recommend they wear compression wear. So always do what your doctor tells you. So if Mm -hmm. your doctor tells you, you should be wearing um, the girdle, there's a special girdle for people who've had weight loss surgery, um, then you need to do that. Absolutely. And do whatever your doctor says that's of like paramount importance. Um, But if your doctor hasn't advised you to do any type of compression wear, then just make sure you like your reasons when you go grab them. Okay. That's good. Um, so this has been great. I think like you've given tons of really solid tips. Do you have any other ones that we haven't touched on that you think would be important for people to be aware of before we wrap up? Yeah. One last thing. This is a question I always get. So I'm just going to address it because I think it'd be helpful. Mm-hmm. How often should I buy clothing as mm-hmm. I'm losing weight? That's one I get all the time. Um, and here's a basic rule of thumb. That's a rule of thumb, which means it's not a science, it's an art. So around 10 to 25 pounds equals a size for most ladies. And that depends upon your height and your current weight and how you carry your weight. Mm-hmm. So for my gals who are a little more bottom heavy, it's probably going to be more around like the 25 pound mark before you're going to drop a size. For my ladies who um, are a little heavier on top and they lose their breasts first, it might be around 15 pounds that's a size for you. So this is just a general rule of thumb. But every 10 to 25 pounds, you're going to drop a size. So at that point, shop your closet, meaning go through all of your clothes, try everything on. And anything that's about two sizes too big cannot be altered. Even professional tailors have their limits. And -hmm. those clothes, you just move along to the next gal. And then one outfit that you can incorporate into your already used wardrobe and then do it again at the next, you know, 10 to 25 pound mark. But that's about how often you should be buying clothes. You don't need to buy a whole new wardrobe, undies and an outfit, and you can roll and you should be fine until the next uh, bout of weight loss. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a good one. Cause that's the other question people often have is, well, I can't afford, right? Like it's going to cost too much to uh, buy new wardrobes every time I lose another size. So that's a good tip of just making what you have work that can work and then just focus on kind of one new outfit per new size that you get into. Yeah, exactly. And then you'll find that sometimes just you can rearrange pieces a little bit to work with you about two sizes. And then at that point you got to give it up (laughs) and that's okay. Yeah. 
All right. Well, Judith, thank you so much for coming on to be interviewed. I think this stuff was great and will be super helpful to my listeners. Uh, and I hope you have a fantastic day. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I love talking about this stuff. So anytime and um, and just wishing all your girls well on their weight loss journey. Thank you. Perfect. And do you want to just let us know your website? Yeah, you can uh, go to judithgaton.com. So it's J-U-D-I-T-H-G-A-T-O-N.com. And just check out the stuff I have there. Um, there's a free course I offer for my gals who have lost weight um, to kind of walk them through some of the process we talked about today. Awesome. Thank you so much, Judith. Thank you. Wasn't that good? I think she had such great practical tips that I think will hopefully help you guys. And I think there's ones that I'll apply. Uh, if you have any questions about this episode or comments, uh, you can post them onto the blog post for this podcast at weight solutions for physicians forward slash glam gal, all one word, or you can email me at info at weight solutions for physicians.ca. If you haven't already done so, please consider leaving a review for the podcast on iTunes uh, or at least a rating <laughs> uh, and consider subscribing if you haven't. So you get all these great episodes as soon as they come out. Have a fantastic week and thank you for listening. And now for a quick disclaimer, this podcast contains general education information on weight loss for physicians. I'm not providing medical advice and listening to this podcast does not create a physician-patient relationship. This podcast does not replace a need for consultation with a licensed professional and no information should be relied upon unless you have obtained specific advice or treatment from myself or another physician. Please review the terms and conditions located at www.weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca before continuing.